Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You were sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a cafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Blog Talk Radio. Lucis Trust, a non-profit, non-political, and non-sectarian organization on the roster of the Economic and Social Council of the United Nations and concerned with the establishment of world cooperation and goodwill, presents Inner Sight. With your host, Robert Anderson, he, with Sarah and Dale McKechnie, President and Vice President of Lucis Trust, will discuss philosophical and spiritual topics essential to everyday life. Now here's your host, Robert Anderson. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Inner Sight. Today's topic is love, and we want to explore this mysterious concept of love, and we certainly wish that there were much more love in the world. Um, I think the first time that I've developed into mature love and what I thought was mature love when I was when I started to think of another person's needs as becoming more important than my own, and I think that's uh, a point in my life where I evolved past child, childish love and superficial love, and I was pretty happy about that thought. And much of what we say in this show comes from the writings of Alice Bailey. Alice Bailey is the founder of the Lucis uh, Trust Organization. Let love be the keynote in all relationships, for the power which must salvage the world is love. And that quote is from Alice Bailey. Why do you think there's so much misunderstanding or confusion surrounding love? I think there's uh, the uh, mistaken um, sense that love is desire. And a lot of what people uh, think passes for love is, in fact, desire, which is the, the urge to attract something or someone to oneself, when, in fact, true love doesn't attract to itself, it radiates outward. If we had to think of an image uh, for these two views of love, desire would be, I suppose, a, a magnet drawing something or someone to itself, an irresistible force that would hold someone to oneself. But true love is like the sun. It shines in abundance without question upon absolutely everything and everyone on, on planet Earth without uh, distinguishing or favoring or holding back. It simply gives of itself. That's real love. But there's so much uh, glamour and uh, mistaken uh, attitudes about love, but I think it's fed in large part because people view themselves as um, separate from all others and they have wants and desires and they need somebody or something to fulfill those desires. And that's what they call love. It's a kind of a utilitarian view of relationships that uh, doesn't really express spiritual love. But uh, people in their millions, if not billions, have this approach to love, and it's behind what 
uh, causes so much of the unhappiness and suffering in the world. Yeah, it may be inevitable um, that people are confused or have a lot of misunderstanding about love because uh, of their the focus of consciousness. I think most people are are concerned about the desires. They're concerned about the, in the material world, about the relationships with uh, other people, and uh, <clears throat> about affectionate relationships. That's where their focus is. That's where their thinking lies. And uh, it's at that level where a lot of distortion enters in and because that uh, lower um, emotional kind of thinking just doesn't think clearly, tell the truth. Is love an emotion or an attitude, or what actually is it? Well, I, let me begin by saying I don't know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I can only try to talk around the subject. I think most of us, certainly myself, we're in the process of learning to love. We're learning mm -hmm. what it means. So I am by no means an authority. But there is a, a statement from that wonderful book by Aldous Huxley, The Perennial Philosophy. Maybe you know it. He he said that love is a mode of knowledge, which suggests that love is not an emotion, but uh, actually a state of mind, mm -hmm. a mode of knowledge. Maybe what he was getting at is that love gives you insight into people. By loving them, you understand them. Most of the time, I think most of us approach that concept backwards. We think... Uh, I will love someone when I can understand them. First, I have to analyze them, figure them out, make sense of their character, and then I'll probably love them or maybe I won't, depending on what I learn about them. But in fact, uh, by loving, simply loving, we gain an insight into other people. The understanding comes out of love. So that suggests that it's an attitude of mind. Um, I don't know. There is that um, kind of love that is emphasized in the Eastern teachings that uh, <clears throat> have now come to the West so much, and that's the unconditional love that uh, is pure love that has sets no conditions on, uh, and that's so hard for us here in the West, and probably for most anybody in the world that to to truly love in an unconditional way. Uh, especially uh, in the morning when you go to work and sit on the subway and next to somebody who <clears throat> doesn't smell quite so nice and uh, <laughs> you may uh, find it very difficult to love, but uh, in your heart you're saying, well, I love everybody, I love all of humanity, except perhaps not this uh, person sitting <laughs> next to me. But uh, Anyway, so I mean... We, we set conditions on, on love, and uh, uh, that's the hard part that we have mm -hmm. to get around. Conditions and expectations, but again, that's a self-referring attitude, isn't it? It's saying, I want this back in return. This expectation, this hope has to be met by this person who I think I might love. Uh, so it, it, again, isn't the free circulation of, of love as an energy, which is really, I think, getting closer to the real nature of it. It's an energy that circulates freely without any uh, impediment, and it's a power. It's a source of power. 
This is something that uh, Martin Luther King understood. He used to speak of the expulsive power of love, meaning that love drives out evil. It's a tremendous force, like a tidal wave. When you love, you drive out evil. The uh, Buddhist uh, scripture, it's one of the great Buddhist scriptures, the Dhammapada, said it in a different way. It said, in this world, hatred was never... Hatred has never dispelled hatred. Only love dispels hatred. This is the law, ancient and inexhaustible. That again uh, touches on the, the love as a as a power. Uh, it's it's a mental state. It's a power. The Bible touched upon it too in a different way. It said that perfect love casts out fear. Yeah, Dale mentioned it too before. I, I like what he said before about unconditional love too, and our most enlightened uh, uh, members of humanity, Christ, Buddha, especially Christ, where uh, one reads scripture of Christ and sees that uh, he views humanity as being all of extreme value, and perhaps something analogy might be everyone has a diamond quality within them. Perhaps some of us are unpolished, polished, but the diamond is within everybody, and he thought of the dignity and the value of all human beings. So his love was unconditional because he thought within every human being there was extreme worth and extreme dignity and perhaps people needed to work on themselves, but he saw the value. And then, of course, you have the conditional love and perhaps there's some merit to that too because when one does fall in love and fall in love with a human being, aren't you falling in love with people who somehow embody the values that you have the highest respect for and perhaps maybe... You haven't really achieved their values, but you look upon them, and they say, with, "Within that person is the our values and uh, degree of integrity that I want to reach for within myself someday." So I guess there's two aspects of love, and that's why love is so difficult to really define because there are so many different types of love. Yes, even at the planetary level, there is love because we're told in the writings of Alice Bailey that uh, love <coughs> is the primary uh, energy that is to work out on this planet, on planet Earth, and particularly through uh, humanity, through the human kingdom and uh, the work that we do here. And that's that's essentially humans, uh, our destiny, she, to work out uh, love. Yeah, she even goes so far as to say that uh, love is the uh, primary force uh, for the evolution on this planet. It's a, a compelling, impelling power. Love is what drives evolution forward. You can think about that and uh, see the natural world and the state of human affairs in a much different light when you think that behind all the chaos, all the separation, all the hatred, all the struggle and striving is the energy of love trying to drive human beings into better relationship with each other and with the planet. And Certainly Alice Bailey wrote a lot about love, and if anybody would like to read her books, we'd certainly welcome you to give us a call at one eight six six ny lucis L-U-C-I-S, think of New York Lucis, or one eight six 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 nine five eight two four seven. Probably an easier way to remember it as far as the numbers would be one eight triple six nine five eight two four seven. And she's written so many books. Some of the books that you might read if you'd like to start reading her books uh, that 
where you can find the subject of love mentioned quite frequently. Uh, Serving Humanity is one of the books, and another book that you can find uh, her exploration and going into depth on what love is all about is, well, you can find a lot in Ponder on this. Uh, but so many of her books, I really it's hard to isolate two books because of the 24 volumes of books, there's so much uh, throughout all of her books on exploring love, and by looking at them we can... Uh, discover how we might learn much more about love. So once again, uh, if you want to order our books, uh, the two that I just mentioned, or for that matter, if you'd like to get all of our books, we have 24 volumes of books written by Alice Bailey, the founder of Lucis Trust Organization. But you can get a 10% discount if you order them directly, all 24 volumes if you order them directly from Lucis Trust, once again, at one eight six six ny lucis that would be a 10% discount. Of course, uh, if it's easier for you, you can order them from Barnes & Noble or Borders. Our website is www.lucistrust.org. Our email is newyorkatlucistrust.org. And remember that the work of Lucis Trust, including this program, is funded entirely by voluntary donations. And if you'd like, we can send you out a general package of information about Lucis Trust. Uh, just a reminder, we're not a religion. If you want to be a part of us and work with us, uh, we believe that what you have to do to uh, to be on our mailing list, we'd like you to go out and serve humanity and do good works for people. And if you'd like to, you can certainly order our books if you'd like to find out more about who we are. So, once again, if you'd, uh, if you'd like to have uh, a book that we'd like to offer you, we'll send it out to you for free. I think you'll derive a lot of information from it, and you'll be happy with it, as I was, and it's called The Science of Meditation. If you'd like that book, uh, give us a call at one eight six six ny lucis How do we learn to love? I think there's a lot of people in our listening audience who would like to get into more of a depth about love instead of the superficial chemistry or love at first sight that we read about so much in books, uh, I think we'd all like to get into the deeper aspects of love. And so, how do we, how do we learn to love? I think we learn to love by loving, uh, just like we develop our muscles by using them. Gradually, we build up greater and greater strength. I think we learn to love by loving. We start by loving those who are uh, around us and uh, in our environment, our family, our friends, our coworkers. Maybe uh, we can't uh, think of loving people like our neighbors and our friends and coworkers in the same way that we might love our family, but we can love them in the sense of creating more correct human relationships with them. L- love is never worked up from below, and that uh, gives us an, an insight into the fact that uh, we don't have to struggle as a as a personality to love people it comes from above from the soul it's a divine mm-hmm. energy so it's useless to try to struggle to love people we should instead think of it as an energy that wants to run through us uh, if we would simply get out of the way of it remembering that it's a power we have to just make room for it in our lives rather than thinking of struggling really hard to love somebody Yes, and um, in relation to that, uh, you said at the beginning that you have to, how do we learn to love? Well, we have to practice love, and I think one of the good ways to practice love is, um, well, for example, a a little prayer that we use uh, at the Lucis Trust every day. It's called the Noontime Recollection, 
And it goes like this. I know, O Lord of life and love, about the need. Touch my heart anew with love, that I too may love and give. Now this is a little prayer that we we say every day at the office, and uh, we'd be happy to send this to anybody who uh, is listening. If you'd like a copy of this, it's on a card. But it's a way of drawing in, it's a way of practicing love, actually. And if you think about the words and visualize that love coming into your heart and distributing that love to others, then that's essentially how you learn to love, by doing it. Another thought to keep in mind is that love doesn't necessarily mean that you have... um, a nice uh, attitude towards someone. You might think that it would have, that you would, of course, have to have a, a decent attitude towards someone, but not necessarily. What I'm getting at is something that Mother Teresa said some years ago that really stuck in my mind. She said, I've traveled all over the world, north and south, east and west. I've met all different kinds of people, and what I found is that they are all in need of love. Well, If you think about that, she didn't say that they're all lovable or that they all appealed to me and touched my heart. What she said was she found that they are all in need of love. And if you use that insight, you can approach just about anyone, no matter how um, different or strange or even repellent they might be at first thought. If you see them as someone in need of love, you find an inlet into understanding them. Uh, that I think is a very interesting exercise, especially for those of us who suffer from some degree of shyness. Shyness is always a kind of self-reference that keeps you locked within yourself. If you think of others as people who need love, you might find a way to approach them without so much um, uh, guarding of oneself. Of course, that was the um, the whole purpose of why Christ came into the world when he did, because the world needed love, and it it's no less today than it was 2,000 years ago, and that's uh, why these, these great teachers, the great avatars like Christ and Buddha, uh, have come into the world, because uh, it, it's now, uh, <clears throat> this is the energy and the, the uh, quality that we need to build into our lives and into our consciousness is this quality of love, divine love in particular. Yeah, and it uses me to um, uh, think of what a lot of people say about Christ, that he was a carpenter, and Dale, you were absolutely right. Christ and Buddha were really the greatest teachers that uh, that ever lived. That certainly is correct. And, you know, people think of uh, Will Rogers as being a Pollyanna when he said, I never met a, mm-hmm. a man I didn't like. But, yeah. you know, that's taken out of context. And if one uh, reads the full context of what Will Rogers said, he explained himself further, and he said, when we sit down with the person, when we feel their pain, when we understand the road in life that they've traveled on, it's hard not to like them when you can empathize with them and feel the pain perhaps that they've felt throughout their life and what has made them the type of person they've they've become. So that's really the complete context of what Will Rogers said. He wasn't really a Pollyanna. No. What does the state of the world show us about the abundance or lack of love? Well, I think you can look into the world and see uh, that there's a terrible lack of love in the way that we treat the environment. Mm -hmm. 
we are abusive to the environment, we are um, desecrating the natural world. This past century has uh, accelerated the loss of trees and the creation of more and more desert. It's, it's really shocking. And at base, I think it expresses a lack of love for the natural world, or we wouldn't treat it the way we do. We wouldn't foul up the rivers and lakes and oceans, and we wouldn't pollute the sky if we truly loved the planet. And you can see a certain lack of love in the way money is distributed throughout the world, or not distributed. It's held in the hands of a very small percentage of uh, humanity. The, the great m- amount of money wealth in the world is held in the hands of a few and there is something like one billion people who live on one dollar a day or less and we allow this to happen uh, this is uh, to me a, a, a uh, an unforgivable expression of a lack of love for people to say uh, that it's okay that they have nothing and a few have so much um, it's the love of money is the root of all evil right not money money is not the root of all evil money is a tremendous force for good when used rightly but the love of money the craving of it is the root of all evil I think another sign that we need more love in the world is the quality of the mass culture it's coarse and crude you can't turn on the television even in the so-called family hour uh, of 8 o'clock without seeing and hearing things that at least from my point of view, are shocking. And uh, coarsening. There's a coarsening of uh, uh, people's attitudes today that I think is expressive of a lack of love. You can look at politics. We've just come through the most bruising election. And what struck me about the whole process, which seemed to go on for an eternity, but in fact I guess lasted about two years, was how little love there was for the candidates. I don't know how you get anybody to run for office these days. How especially can you get a decent, sensitive human being to put himself and his family through what Gore and Bush went through to run for the presidency? They are mocked and laughed at and tormented and taunted uh, by the media and by the public. My heart goes out to them. Yeah. That's very true. Do you think also one uh, one idea that uh, that I find intriguing about love too is um, I can't say that it's a cliche because some very profound authors have written about it, but and, and psychologists as well that one cannot really love another person unless one knows how to love themselves or himself. Do you think there's any truth to that? I do. Yes, yeah. I think love. If we come back to this um, image that love uh, is a Uh, free-flowing expression of energy. It has to be um, channeled into oneself because one is a part of the whole. You can't Mm -hmm. love everything and and everyone except yourself. That would make no sense because you would be separating yourself from the whole of life. So you have to love yourself. That doesn't mean being blind to uh, your your faults. Love is not blind. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I quoted Aldous Huxley, love is a mode of knowledge. I think by loving oneself, one can see oneself more clearly and see yeah. how you have to grow and change because you have enough self-respect and enough self-love to take an honest look at yourself. Yeah, perhaps loving oneself too is also. Of course, it's not being narcissistic. Uh, that's what yeah. not not what we mean by loving oneself. But it's 
I think one loving oneself is being a little bit easier on oneself. Uh, we can be our own worst enemy, and our we can be the cruelest to ourselves, really, never forgiving ourselves. Mm-hmm. I think the first step is to forgive ourselves, to let up on ourselves, and know that we're, in whatever mistake that we've made in life, that we're evolving, we're growing, and that's what we're here for, is if we were perfect, we wouldn't be here. Perhaps we'd be on a more perfect level, but we are here, and we have to give ourselves a, a chance to grow, learn, make some mistakes, and love ourselves, not so be so tough on ourselves and if we can be that way with ourselves perhaps we can have that viewpoint towards other people and be easier on them as well perhaps uh, that's what that statement means but I can see that as being the other side of the coin on that too I can see I can see it as being uh, where where perhaps we are not we do not love ourselves but perhaps we can see within another something that we aspire to be and perhaps even if we're not in a state of uh, really loving ourselves the way God wants us to, perhaps to see in another person uh, certain qualities that we do love, perhaps that's a possibility, even though we may have to work on our own self-love. I'd like to come back to a point that um, we touched on, but I don't think we really addressed it uh, in depth, and that is the difference between love and sentiment or feeling. Uh, Valentine's Day every year brings mm-hmm. up a lot of sentimental um, hoo-ha about love that really doesn't have anything to do with love. Uh, people confuse the two, and I think it's part of what lies behind the divorce rate. Um People have an expectation of uh, the person they marry that is going to complete their lives, complete their sense of themselves, uh, meet their needs, and when that person fails to do so, the relationship falls apart. Love is not based on emotional need, and it's not based on a a kind of sentimental vision of... um, people it's it's an honest view of people it sees them as they truly are and uh there's a great deal in our culture in the media that works against this this honesty that fosters i think a kind of a glamorous foggy notion of people that um holds them up to a standard that isn't realistic if we look at the people in in the popular culture that are most admired sometimes they're people that are really famous only for being famous. In other words, they're just celebrities who really have no no substantial contribution. I think this is an expression of how misunderstand, misunderstood love is. Mm. I think also when we love someone, too, if we're really speaking about real love, we love them in spite of their faults. We see certain mm. qualities within them that we admire, we love, we realize they're human, and we love them in spite of their faults. And uh, we have to also remember one of the greatest uh, messages of Jesus Christ uh, uh, before he came to his end, and that was, love one another as I have loved you. And, of course, that may be almost impossible for us because we're not at that stage of personal evolution to love like he did. Hopefully we'll be on that road and we'll reach that pinnacle of our ability to love, to love one another as he has loved us because he certainly made the uh, extreme sacrifice in order to do that. Do you have any 
uh, thoughts uh, as we wind the show up, uh, either one of you, on what love is all about? Well, your mentioning of uh, Christ's statement brings to mind another, and that uh, is from the Bible, that thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul, and thy neighbor as thyself. All the rest is commentary, the rabbi said. Mm-hmm. And that really cuts to the heart of what love is, to love thy neighbor as thyself. Not um, uh, as much as oneself, but as a reflection of oneself, I think is the meaning of that statement. We love our neighbor, whoever that might be, as a reflection of the same self that exists within us. The uh, either-or approach to love that sees love as an object works against that truth. In closing, we invite you to ponder on this thought. Goodwill is the touchstone that will transform the world. Good love, Goodwill is love in action. It is the energy that draws us together in right relationship. There's a world prayer called the Great Invocation. It's a call for light and love and goodwill to flow into the world and into our hearts. Let's listen for a moment to these powerful words. From the point of light within the mind of God, let light stream forth into human minds. Let light descend on earth. From the point of love within the heart of God, let love stream forth into human hearts. May the coming one return to earth. From the center where the will of God is known, let purpose guide all little human wills, the purpose which the masters know and serve. From the center which we call the human race, let the plan of love and light work out, and may it seal the door where evil dwells. Let light and love and power restore the plan on earth. Sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that? Morning, sleepy. Guess you want McDonald's for breakfast? Uh, how'd you know? You're sleep humming the McDonald's jingle. I don't know what you're talking about. You just did it. No, I didn't. So, McDonald's? I could use a McCafe latte. There's a McDonald's for every morning. Start your morning at McDonald's with a delicious sausage biscuit and savory hash browns for only $1.50. At participating McDonald's for a limited time. Cannot be combined with any other offer or combo meal. How do you not hear that?